Somewhere in the bowels of the city that never sleeps. Kevin McCullough, radio host with Salem Media. Is a man also not sleeping. Syndicated radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. And that guy would like a word with you. Many of you know him from as Nostradamus. Of course that Kevin show is going to be great. The only thing that could be greater, of course, would be that Donald show. But we don't have that, so we have that Kevin show. Featuring the music of Dick Tunney and the Dream in Color Orchestra. Still to come, her boots were made for making America great again. Mary Jo Ginchar. Gaius wants to believe, but Thomas has his doubts. Joey Vahidi and Kirk Waller from The Chosen. Trump does stand-up, Times Square tripping, and assignment desk weekend. Back in the spotlight, it's Timberlake with a little scissor on it. And now, from Times Square, where a friend was overheard asking another, do you think you'll ever want kids? And the other replies, girlfriend, my Chanel bags are my children. Here's the... Well, that's pretty harsh. Uh, welcome to Hour 2. We've got a lot to get to. And it's time to announce tonight's winner of the New York-sized mugging, Nancy Garrett from East Texas. You are our winner. We will be sending you a That Kevin Show coffee mug. And if you would like to register for next week's chance to win, send an email to thatkevinshow at gmail.com and just put mug in the subject line or say, I want to get mugged or something. Anyway, here's the news. For Assignment Desk Weekend, I'm Kevin McCullough. Tonight, all eyes have turned to South Carolina as supporters of Nikki Haley are attempting brave faces. For the past several weeks, the former governor has promised a successful outcome in her home state. Meanwhile, President Trump has been busy winning every contest he's been part of, every single one of them, and Haley has lost all of those, plus a contest he wasn't in. In the Nevada primary, she lost to the category, none of these candidates ever, if our lives depended on it, option that was on the ballot. Regardless of tonight's totals, the former governor is promising to continue campaigning, explaining that she firmly believes that she maintains a viable path forward to the nomination. She's also said that she firmly believes that pigs can fly. So ballot harvest that, she said. Democrats have taken to screaming from rooftops at the man they hope will win in November. In as thoughtful a reply as the president could muster, Mr. Biden responded by asking, uh, is it nap time yet? A new and never before thought of trend is taking the mommy blogs by storm this weekend. It's called sittervising and occurs when a parent both sits in the same room with the child and supervises them while not participating in the child's play formally. Simon Desk Weekend would like to point out that mommy blogs are often written by mommies who are tired and may not have realized that letting kids play by themselves is already a thing. Also, sittervising, the word. It's a landmine. Simon Desk Weekend recommends using it only with rest and caution.
And finally, a college professor who has long argued that too many American flags is a sign of racism has uncovered two new tropes never before known. The same professor now believes that if you attend a Taylor Swift concert, that that is a racially biased act. The other trope that she uncovered, Beyonce doing a country album. For Assignment Desk Weekend, I'm Kelly telling me that maybe I should try my hand at stand-up. So I wanted to get your feedback on, on my audition tape. Tell me what you think. Remember when he said, I'd like to take him behind the barn? <laughs> and the fake news, see the fake news? Oh, look at all those guys. The fake news said... I want to take him behind. Remember that? He said, I want to take him behind the barn. <laughs> I'm going to take him. And the fake news said, isn't that nice? Oh, that's so cute. That's so cute. It said he wants to take him behind the barn. In other words, wants to take me behind the barn and go. And the fake news is saying it's wonderful. Then when I said, let him take me behind the barn, hit him. So they said, oh, that's terrible. He's a fascist. <laughs> Trump is a fascist. Now, if I ever did, if we were ever behind a barn, I would look at him and I'd go like this. Driving 60 miles an hour, and you drive for one hour, then how far do you travel? If I drive for 60 miles an hour? Yeah, if you're, if you're driving 60 miles an hour and you drive for one hour, then how far do you travel? If I drive 60 miles an hour and I travel out, you said an hour away? You've been driving an hour, yeah. How far did I travel? Yeah. An hour away? Yes. Do you know how many continents there are? No idea. Can you name three countries in Africa? No. Can you name two countries in Africa? Nah. I don't know. Can you name one country in Africa? Yeah. Who fought in the Civil War? Who fought in the Civil War? Yeah. North America versus South America. Yes. Do you know what country we gained our independence from? Yeah, America. Yeah, like what country did America gain our oh. their independence from? Oh. I don't know, I learned this in like fifth grade. You have to take a guess. I can't guess, because I don't really have a dumb answer. I can't. I can't. What country? Europe? Yeah. You get one dollar every single day for an entire year, then how much money do you have at the end? 
got to do some math. Yeah. I mean, like, every month is not the same amount. I don't know, like, 1500 <laughs> Yes. Right. You just guessed that? I guess. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> Do you know what negative one plus negative one is? Around what? Mm, two. Yes. You know what year it was 100 years ago? Uh, 100 years. Like 100 years ago, what year was it? Oh. 1920. Yes. Many things pass away. shaken. I know nothing except he's the one true Messiah and he called me. We have a strategy. I'm sorry? Jesus of Nazareth. Blood on your hands does not always equate to wrongdoing. This is no innocent man. The human desire to avoid difficult news sometimes makes one deaf. I speak the words of my father in heaven, and the religious leaders call it blasphemy. My own followers, they ask for earthly things, prestige. They take offense when I show humility and deference to the powers of this world. They're only human. What did you expect? Also human. I'm very pleased to introduce my next guest. She is running for Congress in the 5th Congressional seat in the state of New Jersey. Uh, why, why? Why on earth would somebody want to do that? Put themselves purposely in Congress. Well, if, we're, if you're a patriot and you care about your country, you got to start having uh, leaders and representatives in Congress that represent the actual people in their district. Uh, and so she's one of many that I hope come to uh, office in this uh, election year. Uh, put your hands together, ladies and gentlemen. Mary Jo Ginchard. Hello, Mary Jo. Hello, Kevin. How are you? Mary Jo, let me start with that premise I just had. You know, 
Congress has a worse reputation than than lawyers. It has a worse reputation than almost any profession that people can uh, think to go into. You're 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 a salmon swimming upstream on all of this. You believe that there is a there is change that can be had and good that can be done, and changes that must be made. Uh, and you're putting yourself out there on this, but did you have your head examined before you jumped in? I'm just asking. Did you did you get professional assessment of of the rationality of this decision? Well, Kevin, first of all, yes, I am totally capable of doing it, and you know what? I'm doing it. <laughs> I wasn't implying. I wasn't going I Biden on you there either. I wasn't implying <laughs> that at all. No, I know that, but no, I totally gave this a lot of thought. I did not just jump in and think, oh, this is something that I should just do. I did this because I was a former mayor, I was a former trustee, and I've sat on the planning board of a county. And the impact that you have when you are, you know, I don't want to use the word help because help sort of scares me when a politician ever says I'm going to help you. (laughs) I actually did the work and saw the result of when you care, how you can work together as a community, as a municipality, getting things done. Talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. It's what do you actually do? And are you connecting and listening to your constituents? Having said that, there's a lot of ways in which it appears that the elected class of officials are not listening to the people right now. But before we get to this first big issue, I want to ask you this. People across the country watching and listening tonight think of New Jersey as kind of a a blue state, you know, lost cause kind of place. Um, I'm a little bit aware uh, aware of some of the things that are going on on the ground. I spent a, a cold Saturday morning at a packed hall of people that were getting ready to go out and circulate petitions. What is the temperature like on the ground in New Jersey this year? Well, first of all, I did not thank you for having me on. Thank you so much, Kevin, for uh, having me on. No worries. Thank you very much. I so appreciate it. So New Jersey is on fire. They are on fire, but in a good way. They are tired of paying high gas prices. They are tired of going to the grocery store and getting one bag of groceries and it's $100 plus. You know, look at the egg prices, look at the milk prices. Your average staple goods have gone up so high. How do you sustain that? They are having Trump rallies all over New Jersey. I know that you're saying it's blue. I feel it's more purple. It does not feel like this state is all blue. It doesn't matter whether you're Republican or Democrat right now. We are in a crisis in this country. People are tired. They're speaking out. They're joining together. They're getting petitions. It's unbelievable. It doesn't matter if it's cold outside or if it's warm. They are making the effort because they know being silent gets nowhere. Yeah. Well, I think that's uh, encouraging for a lot of people in other parts of the country to hear tonight, and I wanted them to hear that because it is a it is a different sense that I get uh, when I am with people uh, in your state, uh, and I've had a chance to be at a few functions in this election cycle thus far, and I'm I'm sensing an energy that I've never seen before. So that's 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 encouraging. Um, there was a poll that came out by the Pew Research people this week that identified that 80 percent of America. Man, woman, black, white, um, old, child, whatever, 80% are grossly dissatisfied with the issue of illegal immigration in America. Grossly dissatisfied seems like a fairly strong term. Um, They are dissatisfied to the point that they 
want something done about it. But it's not just Republicans, which is at uh, 89 percent. It's also Democrats, which are registering at 73 percent as grossly dissatisfied. It seems to me that the White House has been trying to gaslight and pretend that things weren't a certain way. But it seems like even his own constituency is saying that this is a massive problem and they have yet to provide a solution for it. Kevin, this is a massive problem, massive problem. When you see a country in polls that are going that dramatic, this isn't a joke. This isn't a joke. We have a border crisis that is out of control. We have our economy that's out of control. When you're looking at all of these things, this is why I think you are seeing across the country and why you're feeling the energy in the areas that you are at happening. People are not going to be silent. They're not, they know that if they sit back and do nothing, that's part of the problem as well. We I know you've recently unite. been to the border and you've looked at some of the um, uh, migrant holding areas that New York City and, and other people have put up. Um, what is your impression as you've traveled from the deep south right on the border all the way to areas in New York City to see where the um, immigrants are being housed? And it's 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 a real problem. I mean, the mayor of New York, who is a Democrat, um, who supported Joe Biden, has been openly opposing him at times in recent days, which is fairly unusual because he's out of space. They're out of time. They're out of money. And there's nowhere else to continue to put people. What what, what did you see in your travels? It was eye-opening, Kevin. I did not expect to see as horrific that I was seeing with my own eyes. And that's why I went. Every congressman, every senator, every elected official, if they have the chance to go, they should go. It is not to believe. I was with the Border Patrol. I was with the state troopers. I was with the National Guard, the Lone Star Division. We went right down, you know, in Eagle Pass. I was right there at Shelby Park, went straight down to the river. We saw people crossing the border. We saw the coyotes running back across. All of their items strewed everywhere because they drop everything when they come. They're crossing over the barbed wire. They are so desperate. And shame on our administration for saying, come, you're completely no problem. And if I think to the taxpayers in New York of 53 million, if I'm not mistaken, that is correct. they are getting, you know, the children are going to school immediately, which, you know, do not take me wrong here. I, I came from immigrant great grandparents. Most of our country were built on the immigrants, but they came in legally. We cannot stay, sustain 10 million people have entered our country from, I think, approximately 108 countries around the world. How do we sustain that? You can't. And that 10 million isn't just this year. That's over a couple of years. Yeah. But how do we sustain that? We're not taking care of our veterans, our homeless, our seniors. But all of a sudden, we can take care of all of this at the tune of multi-million dollars. We're removing kids out of their recreation centers, seniors out of their recreation centers, veterans out of their homes, schools being taken over. This is a mess, and you're absolutely right. The New York City mayor is getting a lot of pushback from the residents because it's affecting everyone. She's Mary Jo Ginchard. I'm Kevin McCullough. We're coming right back from Times Square. Stay with us. Stick around for more of That Kevin next. That Kevin Show with Kevin. 
McCullough. Welcome back to Times Square. Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. And uh, yet to come, of course, the new music spotlight. Also going to delve into a little bit of a drawing for that Kevin Show mug later this hour or next hour. So uh, stick around for all of that and more. Uh, Mary, Mary Jo Ginchard is my guest. She's running for the fifth congressional seat in the state of New Jersey, uh, but she has been to the border. She has seen some of this with her own eyes. Um, Mary Jo, in addition to the border issue, and that's the overwhelming issue on both sides of the political aisle in uh, Iowa, in New Hampshire, in South Carolina, it's polling is the number one issue that people are voting on, but not too distant from that is the issue of energy. You mentioned high egg prices and milk prices and stable prices. When 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 oil and gas become unaffordable, the price of everything else that we buy uh, becomes unaffordable. Uh, and this administration has declared war on American supplies of energy, of which we have record amounts and could uh, do amazing things, not just in lowering our own prices, but if, if we get uh, oil to under $80 a barrel globally because we're supplying, um, Putin can't invade other countries. The mullahs in Iran can't fund terrorist proxies to go start wars. Everybody on the planet gets a little bit safer when America is energy dominant. That was a signature of the Trump administration in his first term. What is your position on energy supplies and what we need to do there? Kevin, you touched upon it. We were energy independent. I want to say that again, independent when we were under President Trump. We are now way past on the opposite of that statement. You can every I don't think people realize everything you touch has oil in it. Women's makeup, your computer that you touch, your utensils, everything somehow is touched by some form of energy. And you cannot go away from it. So if we all of a sudden become dependent on another country, we've just opened up Pandora's box. We have got to get back to energy efficiency and independence. We have got to stop doing, you know, if I can touch upon it on our shores of New Jersey and New York, on the windmills that are going on in the ocean, that's not a place to put those. We are killing, you know, marine life that way. We need to have that in the places where they should go. We need to bring back all of the forms of energy. We have the cleanest energy in the world, in the United States. But yet, here we all are on the opposite side of the political arena here. They want to have clean energy, right? That's all they talk about. But yet, we're not using the clean energy we have mm -hmm. in the United States. And we're taking energy from other places in the world, and their energy is not clean. It's not clean. It's in fact, it's it's filthy sources of uh, of those right. same fossil fuels. Let me move to uh, a different issue. The uh, mothers of America were the ones in 2022 when the Congress and the Senate did not have a red wave. The moms of America voted in conservative school boards from coast to coast. Gender theory, CRT, DEI, all being pushed in schools. Uh, what what is your view towards what education needs to become in uh, in a Trump administration and beyond? It's a very simple sentence. The teachers need to educate and not doctrinate. It's that simple. It is up to a parent to teach their child the moral values, religious values, all of those things that we were taught when we were kids. The school should not be taking the place of a parent. I spoke in Trenton actually about the rights for parents. And what I expressed to them was, 
when I had my children, they were not in the labor room with me. So they don't need to be in it ever. And they don't need to be in my living room either. They need to be teaching our children the ABCs and the one, two, threes and leave all of the rest to the parents. Now, if there's a problem of a situation with a parent and a child and something's going on that happens to be a little bit more about abuse, things like that, that's a whole nother story. And there are laws that cover that. I mean, that's th- th- right. There's, there's no Absolutely. need to. Yes, but you're talking about indoctrination. And I think that that's indoctrination. What these, I think that's what these mama bears that voted in 22 uh, were very, very concerned about. Real quickly. Exactly. Some states allow ballot harvesting and Republicans got hurt in 2020 by not participating in it. Um, I know that the Trump ground forces in your state have already declared openly that where it's legal, uh, it's going to be used. How confident are you that Republicans can get up to speed on that in time for the 2024 election? They're going to have to, Kevin. So, you know, this is something that we are very behind on, obviously across the country, not in just New Jersey. I think people have to feel comfortable. And first of all, let's get them to vote. Mary Jo for Congress.com. Mary Jo Ginchard, thank you so much for being with us. Kevin McCullough, stay right here. We're coming back live from Times Square. Stick around for more of That Kevin. Next, That Kevin Show with Kevin McCullough. by way of uh, one of the world's most popular television series right now, and it's not even on TV the current season. In fact, you have to go to theaters to see it, which my family has, and they are addicted to season four of The Chosen. Uh, in fact, my my little one, the guy that's my little mini Spielberg, he, he is so uh, enamored in the imagination and how they have brought the biblical uh, account to life in this series, Dallas Jenkins and the entire team, uh, we've had more of their cast members, I think, on this show than any other uh, broadcast in the country, and it's a joy to welcome back today Kirk Waller, who is the uh, very stoic Gaius, if you are watching the series, and Joey Vahidi, who plays uh, Thomas in this season's uh, uh, season four, as it just released at the beginning of February, and we're getting ready to roll out the next couple of episodes. But gentlemen, welcome to That Kevin Show. Good to have you. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having um, us. Joy, let's let's talk a little bit about the complex character that Thomas is. You've got a little drama in your role that is, um, it's not of the same kind of ilk that they've had in the other seasons for you as of yet. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, we've seen Thomas Thomas's journey throughout the show. He starts off as somebody who is questioning a lot he wants to do his best you know maybe he's scared a little bit panicked when things don't go well and as he spends more time with the group we start to see him coming out of a shell we start to see him being able to joke around being able to accept certain truths or or, or maybe not fully accept but be very willing to to listen and learn um one of the things that i love that they do with thomas as well is revealing how sweet and kind he can be. And we see that a lot with uh, his love interest, Rayma. 
with season four, you're going to still see some of the questioning and, and wanting to get things right. Um, but I will say we do pick up with Raymo right where we leave off in season three, which is the continued pursuit of making something happen. Yeah. Well, and uh, again, I'm not going to give spoilers away because if you didn't go see the first three episodes at the theaters, uh, shame on you. Uh, but uh, Kirk, <laughs> let me ask you, the um, the rollout of the of the series this way with, you know, several episodes at a time being released in theaters, it really is a different viewing experience. And I will say from my family's perspective, who watched the first two seasons exclusively, first three seasons exclusively um, from the comfort of our living room. Uh, seeing it in that magnified kind of environment is certainly a different visual treat. Um, wh how, how are you guys uh, getting response to the uh, the theatrical release this year? Well, you know, uh, <clears throat> the theater experience is something I think, Kevin, you and I grew up with. When I was growing up, you couldn't watch a movie here or you couldn't watch a movie <laughs> right. on a computer. Television was, you know, you could. So I always grew up going to movies in the theater. So the fact that it's in the theater is fantastic because it's a collective, beautiful, call it religious experience, right? I remember seeing Close Encounters for the third time when I was, I think, in high school. And I'll never forget when the aliens came out, I turned around and I looked and everybody in that theater was in like awe. And I'll never forget that moment my entire <laughs> life. And that happened in a movie theater. So I think the impact it can have is tremendous. I will also say it is horrible to see your nose the size of a car. <laughs> and very, very difficult at times to see yourself so large. It's very strange. So I'll leave it at those two. Yeah, things. no, that's, that's well put. Um, both of you have characters that may have or have had some extra biblical interpretation to what they are about. Uh, in fact, uh, I don't know how much biblical content there is for the basis of uh, your character, Kirk, uh, in total, but it's kind of a, it's kind of a summary character, I guess, if you, if you yeah. can, of, of kind of what the Roman legion was all like and what, you know, what they were right. under the pressure that they were under. Um, but what like is the, that. what is the um, kind of feeling on the set about this, stuff that is a little bit extra biblical, because I think one of the things that has the chosen really working for its, for its benefit is that your fans love how accurate it is and that there is such great reliability in the message. And I'm not saying that they've taken any liberties with either of your characters that are, you know, inappropriate to the telling of the actual story, but um, how much of that emphasis is there on set to make sure that, you know, you get it right? Sure. Um, well, you know, a lot of people know the source material. A lot of people know uh, what's said about certain people, but it, it's such brief passages. You know, I think for Thomas in particular, he's mentioned maybe a couple of times in, in the New Testament. I know he's mentioned the most in the Gospel of John. And what I love about what Dallas, Tyler, and Ryan do with, with the story is – they stay true to that, but they allow the audience to identify with these people on a human level through genuine human experience. Because we got to remember these these guys, these people, they're not saints yet. You know, they're not stained glass windows yet. They're still <laughs> human beings, just like you and I, who deal with joy, who deal with uh, jealousy, who deal and and struggle with wanting to do the best they can and not really knowing how to do it. 
And I think that's what has been so successful, uh, so successful about the show is people can see themselves in Gaius. People can see themselves in Thomas. People can see themselves in, in Quintus even at times, you know? Um, and I think that's such a special, special thing. Well, it certainly makes it relatable. Um, Kirk, same question to you. You're kind of responsible for representing a lot of these characters. And we've, if you've, if you've grown up in the church or around the story of the biblical account, you, you kind of tend to think really cynically about the Romans and they, and they had an advantage over the people. Um, but you're finding a way to, to drive humanity into your character in a way that I think a lot of people are appreciating. I think it's it's I think it's dangerous territory, honestly, to say to to vilify people. I think it's part of the story, and it's part of what makes it interesting is having a strong opposing character. It makes right. your hero look better. If this guy's well, just, weak, and this guy's not as strong. I want people to understand that if you think you know Thomas and Gaius from the first three seasons, you're just in the end of the third episode of the fourth season. You're going to find surprising little twists in both of their storylines. So uh, go see it uh, and then get ready because what is it? Uh, four through six is coming to theaters next. And then Today. later later this month, you're going to have um, the, the finale. And then it's going to come to the apps and you can watch it uh, in your home uh, at that point in time. But The Chosen, uh, our favorite around here. And guys, thank you for taking some time out to be with us. Ready or not, we'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, again, Justin Timberlake with special guest, SZA.
That Kevin Show, and we hope that you enjoyed uh, the New Music Spotlight. You can always find it on Apple Music or Spotify. Just search New Music Spotlight for That Kevin Show, and it'll direct you straight to the playlist. You get all the songs for the whole year at no charge. Uh, also, congrats tonight's uh, mugging winner. We will give away another That Kevin Show mug next week. All you have to do is register by sending an email to thatkevinshow at gmail.com. Thanks to everybody who put a great show together this week. We'll be back one week from tonight and see you then.